find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Today, we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. You know, it is quite the injustice that we have not discussed any of the works featuring the late, great John Polito. <laughs> I don't know why I said it that way. He's not He's not of Latin descent, I don't think. Um, maybe he is. I don't know. Um, he's had an acting career that has spanned more than three decades, I believe. Um, and I believe I remember reading he had more than like 200 acting credits, which is insane. But in classic podcastial fashion, we will discuss a movie that he's in for about uh, 15 minutes or so. <laughs> that is right. We are discussing The Killing Hour, also known as The Clairvoyant. This movie has a sort of giallo vibe to it. And in my opinion, some great performances and some freaking legendary mustaches. Without further ado, let's grab our trusty handcuffs, learn some hacky impressions, and fall in love with the mediocre black chalk artist that has The Shining, because it's the 1980s, and as I've said before, there's enough coke for everybody to play that shit theme song, can't you me? It's the Mustachio Podcast, yo, we're ready for the show, we'll watch moves, we'll make some jokes, and then we'll all go home. What is up? It is your host of the Mustachio Podcastio, Daniel Segura. And today I got a friend here who uh, has been on the show before. He's a, he's a veteran of the Podcastio. Um, definitely a veteran of, of film. This guy knows a lot about movies. He he will write a diatribe of, of, of an angry movie review blog if he has to. He doesn't give a shit. He's out there letting everyone know what he thinks about movies, and I like it. I think he's, he, he knows his shit. He, it's entertaining as well. His name is Mike Justice. What is up, dude? How's it going, man? Good, good. I'm like... I'm I'm not really angry about tonight's movie though. I I hope it's not you're not too disappointed. Oh no, I no. Okay. We could have we could have happy cast too. We don't have to be all angry. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like and it's not even like I didn't I didn't love it and I didn't hate it. It's going to be really uninteresting cuz I'm like, yeah, it was serviceable. And you know what? Um, if it's one thing uh, Mike Wood from The Grindman has told me, he's like, you know, your podcast is weird because you cover so many ho-hum movies that, like, nobody would ever talk. <laughs> like, there's no emotions that come out of it. It's, it's not so bad. It's good. It's not really good. It's kind of one of those forgettable direct-to-DVD kind of Right, vibe. and it's got, like, you know, a connection to a mustache. Like, in this movie in particular, it's, like, one of the supporting characters who's on screen for, like, seven and a half minutes has a mustache. <laughs> That's classic. That is some classic <laughs> podcastio action right there. And Polito, like, well, because initially, uh, he's been on my list. So many, like, a lot of people have told me, you got to get him in there. You need to cover a movie. And he's done a lot of really good movies. But I was like, I want to I wanna go for a, a, a young Polito. I really want to see what I could find from his early days. And I was able to find this on Tubi for free. And I saw the trailer. The trailer made the movie seem much more like a thriller, like not so slow paced. It was not so like clinical that it seemed like it was going to be a little bit more action involved. And it wasn't, but dare I say Polito 
fuckable in this movie. This guy looks. This guy is that's the most attractive I've ever seen Polito in my life. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like when you go back and you watch like something like Dress to Kill, and you're like, oh, Dennis Franz was not always <laughs> a fat old man. He was a fat it's young weird man. That works out, but uh, <laughs> I was shocked. I was like, look at this guy. He's got a perfectly trimmed mustache. He looks fantastic. He's even got a little hair left, you know, in the top <laughs> yeah. of the crown. Yeah. He's holding on to it for dear life. He's in good shape. He's also kind of a badass in this movie, he, you know, mm-hmm. but a little bit that we get of him. But I get it. I know. I know. Cause when I, when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, it's like Nighthawks. It's going to be like Nighthawks. And, um, it's yeah, kind of, <laughs> sort of. It's in the vein. It's in the vein. It's the same genre. As so Night had Hawks. you heard of this at all, Mike, or was this never. like completely left field? I've, yeah, never, never heard of it. Never saw the, you know what it was probably was that <clears throat> when I was a kid, I was just in the horror section. Mm-hmm. And when I wasn't in the horror section, I was in the comedy section. And to me, thrillers were just movies that weren't bloody or fun enough. <laughs> so I never watched like, you know, there were, and yeah. then I always get mad when they would try to sneak some thrillers into the horror section, like night, oh, like yeah. night kill, you know, showed like a woman screaming in the shower. And then it turned out to be like some kind of sub sort of like TV movie with one of the Charlie's angels in it. And I was like, <laughs> you lied to me. So yeah, I Most never watched thrillers this. feel that way, but to, I think that's why I've always been picky about thrillers as well. And also I feel like, there's always there was always something that really annoyed me when I was singing in punk rock and hardcore bands was when the casual person would come up to me and be like, oh, my God, you were pretty good. And I don't even like this kind of music. To me, thrillers are like horror movies, really kind of horror movies kind of freak me out. They're a little too bloody. So I watch thrillers. That's the person the person that told me that shit. Like, I don't really listen to that. They probably like thrillers. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're kind of uh, just watered down. They they do feel like a, a TV show compiled into you know an hour and a half, you know ninety minutes, whatever. Yeah, it's the same thing with like murder mysteries. Like when you have like old British people, like I would never watch a horror movie. That's for degenerates. Oh. Let's watch this. Oh, look, the man's been stabbed and he's lying on the floor of the parlor. And it's like, okay, what? what's the difference? <laughs> yeah, there's random affairs going on, random people making out, but doesn't really have anything to do with the movie. It's just yeah, yeah, random. Like, yeah, my mom, my mom hated horror movies and she thought I was like this little maniac for watching them. But the walls were lined with shitty paperback novels of basically horror yeah, yeah. And I was like, so what's this? What's this? And she's like, well, at least I read them. I don't just sit and watch them. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. So you get to use your imagination or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. I, I don't think the apple fell too far from the tree. You just took it. You just took it a little extra mile down the road. And the apple's just lazier. I was just like, why would I sit and read a book? When I can just watch a movie. <laughs> That's true. I and I and I do like reading the occasional horror novel, but I gotta admit, I am way behind. I talked to like someone like Candace from the Bloody Bits Horror Show, and she reads books like I don't know, I guess in her sleep or something. But she has read so many fucking books. I feel I like understand how I don't understand how people can still read books. I my brain has completely rewired itself from social media and phones, and it's 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 destroyed us. Yes, it's, it takes it, me like three and a half hours to write a capsule review of a movie. Oh yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the same vein. I I have I have maybe 3 novels that I've been reading and 
I'm three or four chapters in each of them. And every time I go back to it after, you know, a month or two, I've got, I guess I'll start from the beginning again. I'm, I'm doing Groundhog Day reading over here. <laughs> right. So you're like really extremely familiar with the first 30 yeah. pages. <laughs> I'm a fucking expert. <laughs> the first three. <laughs> yeah, it's a mess, man. It's a mess. But I feel like this could have been a novel. I'm, I, I was actually kind of shocked that when I was, when I saw did a little bit of looking into this film that it wasn't from a novel. It feels very much influenced by that kind of stuff. Totally. Totally. And I could totally see it being like some cheap property that you could license that would have some name brand value. Like, Oh, the clairvoyant, it was, you know, got up to number 98 on the top 100, <laughs> you know, of the book. Yeah. And the movie poster too, kind of looks like a, a the cover of a novel. I went back and it looked does. at it and it, yeah. So it really does. Yeah, it was kind of like it. It was very much of that era. Have you ever seen the movie Windows with Talia Shire? I haven't seen it, but I have heard of it. Yes, yes, it's, yes. It's kind of like this movie where Talia Shire is like this um, damsel in distress witness victim who's being courted by the by the murderer and by the cop at the same time, and she has nothing better to do than just be like, "Well, who's got the better offer?" You know, <laughs> like I should be traumatized and not really interested in fucking people right now, but you know, like. <laughs> Oh, you big strong man, protect me. Oh, you big strong killer, protect me. You know, and it's like it it did kind of throw me off. I think the movie really threw me off in that kind of second act when all of a sudden, you know, finally, um uh what's her name? Uh Ver, Ver, Ver Verna. Verna Nightborn, which sounds like a novel name. Like that what? sounds like a character from a what? novel. It, it sounds like an old lady who solves mysteries, like <laughs> Verna Nightborn. Yeah, right. It's on the case. And she's like, what, 27 or something? <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, who the hell named their kid Verna in the 60s? Yeah, she's 27, but she dresses like she's 47. Uh, like she's someone's aunt with like four cats. Oh, yeah, I know. She... Oh, geez. I'm and like, geez. I know. And she lives with like some frumpy roommate, you know, like it's from the back in the old days when women wouldn't be single and live alone. Like, oh, I have to have my my girlfriend with well, me. And I got to admit, I thought that at first I thought, oh, you know, maybe she's just she's has this living situation. She's just trying to stay low key about it. But they're like a couple and they're in love. But no, that didn't be the case because yeah, that wasn't the case, because as soon as she goes to the police, finally, she gets kind of super horny and like her whole personality changes because at the beginning she's kind of like damsel in distress well not even a damsel just a librarian in distress <laughs> she she's having trouble she's obviously being traumatized by all these visions and there's a point in the film where all of a sudden mac shows you know interest in her and he goes to her apartment and i feel like i missed a scene between them interacting because he just comes right over and she's super fucking cool with this guy coming through her apartment and wanting her to be on his show. And I'm like, I'm thrown off. Why is she being all sassy and shit now? I know she gets like really provocative and she starts she like does. playing with them. Like the cop is trying to protect her and she's like, you know, I'll decide who, you know, yeah. I'm an independent woman and I'll hang out with who I want to hang out with. And then she's like, she's going back and forth between these two guys, like basically seeing which one is, you know, going to woo her more. And it's <laughs> I like, I love that word. Yeah, and the and the and the cop and the and the deep talk show guy are like both like you know, and it's just like, why don't y'all? Can you all just put it back in your pants? Like, there's people being murdered here. Like, <laughs> this isn't like some little like you know meet cute where y'all can figure out who's gonna date who. Like, <laughs> yeah, I did not understand that whole thing. I understand. I see how the filmmaker was trying to be like, 
let's let's have these two guys who were working together now all of a sudden they're kind of headbutting each other because they're both trying to go for the same woman and they're kind of fighting for the same cause at least at the time that we know of but in a different way you know uh, mac is that kind of sleazy reporter guy which is so weird because it shows in the morning it's a really weird show to have in the morning well, yeah why would he have like this really like <laughs> you know this this tabloid show about like crime and rape and all this stuff and it's like you know at the same time we're on other channels they're showing recipes and stuff. yeah yeah recipes you have the like the local mascot come through from the basketball team playing tonight instead on this channel it's like all right so she's gonna draw someone getting killed with handcuffs and shit while you enjoy your morning coffee it's weird man yeah that was a, that was a weird and i was having trouble okay so the movie supposed to be in new york yes but they were talking about the victim when they find the victim they they keep just, just talking about like her last move like oh she moved to toronto she's from philly oh, yeah but she came to toronto they and do so mention I, philly yeah that's right and the movie is so kind of milk toast that i was like oh okay this is going to be like one of those canadian thrillers that's why i've never heard of it probably mm. and that's why nobody in it looks familiar it's probably canadian but then it was in New York, and I was like, uh, "I gotta admit, I also didn't know it was in New York until we were about halfway through." I was like, "Oh, this is New York!" Like eventually, <laughs> someone says it. I think the whole time I either thought it was in <laughs> Canada or Philly. Like, I was like, "Because mm-hmm. it, it once, yeah, you're right. the The movie is so milk toast. It's you kind of." It, it's it's kind of vanilla so it's easy to just miss some details and i'm like oh, okay i'll figure it out as it goes on and for a while i didn't realize but i gotta admit the movie does do a decent job of kind of capturing that early 80s late 70s because the movie feels kind of still 70s ish you know because it's so early in the 80s and has that kind of vibe and has that dingy um i'm not sure if they shot a lot in new york or not i, I didn't do that much background but they did a good job of capturing like the diversity of New York. Like they have so many different kinds of characters, so many different kinds of people throughout the entire film. They at least got that right. But, um, and I like that. I like the fact that it was shot, you know, in that kind of setting, but it, they don't really use it that well. It, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a shame because they probably could have put a lot more into it. Uh, yeah. using that kind of setting but yeah yeah, yeah i was kept because i kept waiting to see and then and, but then they'd randomly throw in some new york like it, it would go 45 minutes where it was just inside people's apartments or on these really nondescript yes. little alleys and then all of a sudden in some random scene some throwaway scene where um the cop and and verna are just walking down the street and she's insulting his george burns impression <laughs> you know, and she's and it'll be on this huge block of like uh brownstones in brooklyn that you know was in the movie later used in the movie moonstruck or something like this oh really, yeah this really overfilmed block and i'm like well, oh okay so now we're getting iconic yes like now all of a sudden it's new york but you know when you were doing like all this like really you know when when it could have used a lot of more style and a lot more like recognizable locations and stuff you were content to just shoot it in like a warehouse or something (laughs) yeah a lot of a lot of interior shots we we we, you know we don't get a lot of those uh cityscapes i'm not sure if that's a budget issue getting all the permits and stuff but uh we get a lot of dingy bars uh we get a well get a few kind of dingy bars and a lot of apartments that's yeah and and the precinct oh and the hotels because um yes because that one guy was killed in a hotel, and then the suspect lives in a hotel. 
Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes, we yeah. get that. We it's it basically for y'all that have not seen this movie. This this revolves around a series of killings. A very sh- pretty short series. It, it kind of see it's seeming like it's a serial killer because it has a the the killer has a very specific uh, modus operandi or mo. I'm sure all my all the um, true crime podcasts on my pod Podmoth network are just just soaking up their floors. Me mentioning mo, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he has this thing where he, uh, or the, whoever this killer is uses handcuffs and it's weird when you find out what's actually going on i'm like why was he just trying to be theatrical because <laughs> he could have done this in a lot easier ways yeah <laughs> yeah no the handcuffs yeah the killings are really theatrical one of one guy is is drowned he's he's swimming underwater and the killer is like jaws just comes at him underwater and handcuffs his foot to the bottom of a ladder so he's trapped in the pool and drowns that first killing well we get the the technically the first killing is um, elizabeth yeah yeah, and she, it, which by the way, they did a really good job with some of those um, practical effects of like corpse stuff. She looks like a real dead, bloated person in a in a river. Very reminded me very much of uh, Silence of the Lambs, where you see the the chick that they pull out of the river. Oh and, yeah, and they're all kind of they're all like pale and yeah. or like um, Laura Palmer in Twin Peaks looked like a real dead body. Yes, yeah. that stuff looks like if you poke them, like your finger will just go in because it's yeah. just gross. And that I gotta admit, that kind of stuff. The movie's not uh, gory at all, but those kind of effects were were well appreciated. I, I thought that looked kind of gory. I could see why it was added to like the whole video nasty shit, but still kind of borderline. It's not that bad. I guess it was that video nasty shit was pretty conservative. Well, the the video nasty. I I, I think it was the the when you see the murder of Elizabeth in flashback. Mm. because britain has has very well they're not necessarily strange laws but they they have very specific things that they like to censor for instance they don't like blood and breasts on the same screen (laughs) okay and 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 they're like i think they i remember when the movie straw dogs was released on video they banned it on video because they didn't like because there was that rape scene in it. And when people said, yeah, well, you allowed the movie in the cinemas, the people said basically, yeah, well, you know, when you go to see a movie and you sit through the whole thing and, you know, and, t- and the rape scene in the context of the whole film is fine, but we don't want people um, <clears throat> fast forwarding to the, and just watching the rape scene repeatedly. And it's like, okay, so you don't want people jerking off to the rape scene. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's that simple. <laughs> So I mean I think it was that last scene in the in the movie I think that they were just like they drew the line at that yeah with the Hershey kiss nipples and the, the killing yeah that yeah, was yeah. it it was it was her nipples they were just like no no those are far <laughs> too pointy far too erect we cannot have that in this film right. but yeah like that that's I think that's those are the only that's the only, well that's the only uh, female nudity I believe there's a, they show a naked woman getting drawn and then they show a guy's bush um at some point getting oh yeah the 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 models in her art class the models yeah, yeah. the models because uh, yes our our protagonist verna nightborn is is uh she's going to an art school uh, something of the art league or some shit like that in new york and she's 20 something years old um just wasting her money <laughs> 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 or her parents money 
and uh and she's going there but then she starts having these um these visions and she goes into this sort of like kind of reminds you of the creepy kid from the ring and just starts fucking drawing shit like crazy and is creating these these uh, crime scenes uh through her uh through her char- charcoal drawings which by the way interesting choice to use charcoal drawings cuz it is you really got to pay attention to what the fuck you're looking at cuz it's not the most vivid drawing it's a little and I understand they wanted to make it look rough because, like, it's coming out of, like, her psyche and shit, out of her, um, you know, clairvoyant uh, powers. But uh, it, it took me a little bit. Some of them I'm like, what the fuck am I looking at? Well, and then later on, the cop is getting assistance from the police sketch yes. artist to, like, sort of deconstruct the photos. And he's like, well, if you look at this one, this one is actually – this is a finger touching yes. a, something of a – and I was like, where are you – getting this from yes. <laughs> like holy shit this guy's a fucking expert like, yeah. he, he's like this is just the uh this is a, a zoom in of her ankle being like being handcuffed like holy shit i did not notice that i thought that was an eight chord yeah i know like, i'm like or maybe he's a suspect i don't <laughs> Welcome to the Ugly Radio on the Podmoth Network, a lo-fi sci-fi audio theater anthology series made for late nights and strong drinks. Join us monthly as we broadcast a pirate signal across time and space, featuring stories, songs, and frequencies from a rotating list of voice actors, writers, storytellers, and musicians. If you're looking for high-quality science fiction, skin-crawling horror, and other genre fiction, listen to The Ugly Radio on the Podmoth Network, now available wherever you get your podcasts. The Ugly Radio. See you in the void. Like when, I know I love that Polito when the very first time Verna comes over to the precinct and shows them her drawings, Polito goes, were you there? <laughs> like, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we caught the bitch. <laughs> well, that's the thing in, in movies is like in real life, if anybody was, if I was a cop and anyone's like, I'm a psychic and I saw, I'm mean, yeah. like, no, you're not. You're the fucking killer. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's, yeah, there's no that would such... be your first instinct. Yeah. yeah. So there's, yeah, there's some murders. Oh, and what was, oh yeah. And that one guy, the, the, the guy gets handcuffed in the pool. Then this other guy gets handcuffed to um, something electrical and gets electric. Oh yeah, the guy that works for Edison, Con Edison, or whatever. And they keep calling yeah. him the Con Ed guy after that. The like, Con Ed guy. That's referring what to the in my victim. head. Yeah, <laughs> he don't refer to him by his name. He's just the Con Ed guy that got killed. Even Verna's like, oh, here's a drawing of the Con Ed guy when he got <laughs> murdered. <laughs> it's like he's got a name. His family. By the way, <laughs> I realize he wasn't wearing his safety glasses. You might want to let his, his manager know. <laughs> Tell his supervisor that he wasn't wearing his safety glasses. He gets postmortem in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to dock it from whatever like the life insurance was they were going to give to the family. <laughs> like... Yeah, he would have died as bad if he was wearing <laughs> protective equipment. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's crazy. He gets handcuffed. I still think the pool was the most insane. Like I would, I almost thought at first that it was a supernatural movie because I'm like, how the fuck is someone just chilling out under the water and has the skill to grab you by your ankle, bring you down, put you on the handcuff and like handcuff you to the ladder, get the fuck out of there and put it perfectly to where it's at the right rung where you're going to drown. 
<laughs> the most dramatic rung where your hand is right by the water and yeah, you're like, like, yeah. Uh, like, how did he even know that that guy was just perfectly just short enough to, to not be able to get out there? And I don't know. It's it's weird. But then the the Edcon one, I was like, what happened? <laughs> I don't understand. I was like, he just kind of handcuffed him. That felt very much like screenwriter, like, yeah, he puts his handcuff on the metal. And you know what metal does. It's conductive. He dies. It's just... <laughs> he puts some sparks. <laughs> right. Well, it was kind of, it was throwing me for a loop because I was like, oh, this is going to be a movie about, you know, women in danger, like women being targeted. So you, oh. you, you see the first dead body is a woman. And then after that, it's all these kind of fugly dudes. looking men getting yeah, killed. <laughs> regular ass corny white looking dudes. Yeah, yeah. 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 And they, and, and they're not, yeah. So, and they don't seem to be, and then, like you no said, connection. like after that, there's no more danger, or at least nobody yeah. else thinks that anybody's, you know, coming after them. It's just that she can start. She starts drawing the them, and she attracts the interest, I guess, of the cop and of Mac. Of Mac, yeah, Mac. Mac, Mac yeah, Perry. Like the pepper. He's the. Um, I remember on the last time I was on the show, I talked about the possession of Joel Delaney, um, which was like the the pre a pre exorcist possession movie where shirley mclean's brother gets possessed by a puerto rican and that was the brother uh perry cohen perry king i think his name is so all of a sudden she wanted plantains (laughs) (laughs) well no it's just like all of a sudden he like starts wearing a leather jacket and like doing like things like eating an apple with a switchblade you know or whatever (laughs) that's a very puerto rican thing they love doing that just kind of like menacing sort of gangster (laughs) type things and she's just like i don't and she's like this kind of really really upper crusty like upper east side new yorker so she's almost kind of embarrassed Yes. more than anything because her brother's starting yeah. to act ethnic <laughs> yeah you're acting real brown right now can you uh, step it up a notch <laughs> that was like her consolation i think she wanted to bake the exorcist and like they she, her her people tried to buy the material and they lowballed them and and warner brothers scooped it up so she's like well fine then i'm making the possession of joel delaney <laughs> face you and like it's like i, don't I, I have got to i've got to see that film <laughs> I really have to see it. I'm gonna I'm gonna live stream it uh, on the podcast, your Discord, and <laughs> do it. Maybe during Puerto Rican uh, Celebration Month or whatever. I'm sure they got a month or a week at least. Something they gotta give them something. I mean, oh yeah, there, there's this whole subplot where she goes, she tracks down her maid because she wants her to teach her, like if there's some voodoo or something that she can use oh, to yeah, exercise yeah. her her brother and the the, the maid's like, sure. Do you want to come to like a voodoo ceremony? And she's like, okay. <laughs> I don't think uh, do Puerto Ricans even do voodoo. Uh, they probably have some sort of uh, quilandera that, that does some sort of something. But yeah, that that is a must watch for me. That has been added to the permanent list. In fact, I'm writing it down. Just I, I'm not drunk, but my memory is garbage, so I'm just gonna make sure. What is right. the name of it? The Battle the, of Mister McCormick. <laughs> the possession of Joel Delaney. <laughs> I was way off. And in this movie, it's like, yeah, if you're Puerto Rican, then you know brujeria. It doesn't matter if you're a city girl. It doesn't matter if you've lived here for four generations. You're just a voodoo priestess, like yeah. one, one step away from being a voodoo priestess. <laughs> so Amazing. And we do have a, a Puerto Rican in this film uh, who unfortunately gets roped into this madness because uh, he gets hired by this random guy who we don't know. All we do, all we know about this guy is he's kind of shifty. Uh, he, he has dress is kind of nice so he has money and uh he beats up uh sex workers that's all we know about him <laughs> right. uh, don't have a name 
He just pays this guy off in a in a bar. I love the fact that the Puerto Rican guy just likes to walk around with this cool uh was it like a German Shepherd type dog? Oh yeah. Yeah, he's but, always got that German Shepherd with him. Right, and then the guy who runs the motel is like that fucking dog. Yeah, fucking <laughs> dog. He takes the biggest shits. He's a grab. I can't tell if it's him or the hobos. <laughs> and, <laughs> I mean, it's New York. Yeah. You never yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, he does. He gets that's right. I was kind of confused too at that point. So the guy who pays him. Yes. So he gets he someone pays him to attack Mac the the talk show guy and the guy who pays him kind of looks like a kind of a dumpier um he looks a lot like the cop actually he does look like weeks um yeah. yes something yeah. weak i just know him as weeks i don't forget his first name but you yes. know it's funny everybody in this movie looks like someone else like the like verna she was like <laughs> like knockoff bess armstrong her roommate looked like knockoff yeah. mary k place the main guy weeks I couldn't I was so convinced that he was the guy from Saturday Night Fever who played Frankie, um Tony's brother who was a who was a uh priest and then and then came uh, gave up the priesthood, you remember? Did you oh, see Oh yeah, 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 yes. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, it's the guy from Saturday Night Fever." And no, it's not. It's just some other dude who looks exactly like the guy from Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of discount dollar store uh versions. <laughs> everybody <laughs> is it, seriously, everybody's like a total knockoff of someone else and Although um, he is well cast as a 80s type, early 80s comedian. Because he so that's the whole spiel is that the reason why this guy um kind of ends up giving off some giving some classified information. He's a detective uh weeks is and he gives some information to Mac because he's trying to start up his career as a stand-up comedian. At the ripe young age of 35. <laughs> he's already a, a police detective, a 35-year-old police detective, but what he really wants to do is is Woody Allen and George Burns and Burns impressions. impressions George Burns impressions. Yes. And he's got a pension waiting for him. He's got he's oh, yeah. got a 401k and he's <laughs> like, "Eh, fuck that. I'm going to just go ride the circuit of comedy." Honestly, not a bad time to do it because it wasn't in the eighties like insane for comedy. Like you know, they were making a shitload of money if you you know could get the work. You were making pretty decent money back then. Yeah, I mean everybody was standing in front of a brick wall and going like, "Oh my god, yeah, hack hack," my- like just hack ass <laughs> comedian shit. Like, oh, like the guy in the movie who's like, "Oh, I'm a teacher. My name is Wolf Schmidt, but the kids call me Wolf Shit." And the yes. audience is like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> "He captured that." little capsule of what comedy was in you know not obviously there was very famous comedians that were great back then but i would imagine there were so many like those guys oh yeah well witty impressions and weeks says my favorite line in the movie so he 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 goes he gives some information some classified information to the um mac and he gets in trouble with the lieutenant and the lieutenant is is and he's like, I'm not the leak. I'm not the leak. I swear. I'm as pure as a baby's ass. <laughs> and I was like, well, I, I, I mean, I guess a baby's ass is pure, but that's kind of what did you mean? Something else? Yeah, yeah I think he was supposed to say clean because, you know, when it says clean like a baby's bottom. Yeah, you know, right. I'm getting... as pure as a baby's ass. Yeah, I'm as pure as a baby's ass. <laughs> it's still pink. <laughs> and even the other people in like the room kind of like i wonder if he ad-libbed that or messed up his line because if you watch the other actors they kind of like sec- they kind of side eye him like wait, wait. <laughs> jesus weeks you don't have to be that open about it you fucking weirdo I'm... and then polito goes something yeah as clean as a baby's diaper full of shit 
<laughs> yeah, it's like basically like nobody was like they were nobody not believed it. Yeah, no, they weren't, and they weren't being subtle with the metaphors either. Like that mm-hmm. was, but they were. Um, I looked up Weeks on IMDb and I saw that he was a soap opera actor, and I was like, oh, okay, that explains it because there's this completely random scene where he's watching Max talk show. And he sees that, and he gets alerted to the fact that like Mac is like when he's lifting. Yeah, and then it's, he's just randomly like doing like um like bicep curls, curls shirtless in his in his apartment or whatever. And yeah. I'm like, he's got the and, same dad bod as me. Yeah, but it's like, and I'm like, okay, so what was the and but I was like, but that's like a soap opera actor. I mean, they 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 have such they're so narcissistic. They're like, you know, if I can't take my clothes off, am I really supposed to be in this movie? Like what purpose am I serving here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got to show my pasty body. Uh, because this was before actors were all getting tanned up, you know, before they hit the camera. Yeah. He could have used some of that. What did you say when we were talking about um, that TV show, uh, tropical heat? Um, oh, yeah. And you said that he was tan like a honey ham. <laughs> yeah i need a little glaze on him yeah glaze. yeah this guy's but it was i mean i guess it's true to like i mean I, you know in new york people are going to be pasty they should like be pastier yeah, yeah. It's, it's cold you're not getting a lot of sun and it, it, this kind of seemed like this was supposed to be taking place in the near winter not quite the winter but definitely yeah. kind of cold it, it's not christmas time but it's probably like march april yes something like that yeah. it feels that way because almost everyone is bundled up you know Ver- verna's wearing like four layers of course and that's why all the guys are so hot for her she just so can't wait to... she's like a <laughs> russian doll you know it's like the more yeah. sweaters we take off we'll get closer to some ditties you know she's dressed like a woman on a tv commercial from that era who was going to be talking about like douche with her mom <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i could see that you know where like they're they're like always dress up really conservative like hey mom you know like they talk about douche or they'll be like mom like how come like my bathroom never smells fresh and the mom's like you need these stickums or whatever (laughs) oh my god i i like to actually watch archived 80s and uh, 90s tv commercials on youtube there's like these just just montages of all these commercials for like an hour long and i'll just get you know inebriated and i'll just watch it's i'll watch these it's fun to get like in the zone i remember i i I first did that a couple a few years ago it was on christmas and i was like i want to watch christmas commercials or some classics yeah and that was amazing and now i'm just like i do the exact same thing like i'll just put it on and it'll be and they always do um it's funny because it's just the commercials so they'll always show the movie bumper but they'll never show the movie so they'll be like now we return to the yes. Searchers with John Wayne. You are watching The Searchers with John Wayne. And then it'll go into like a bunch of other commercials. And I, I like watching the local ones from where I grew up, like the San Francisco commercials. That's the best. Yeah. Because they always work in like these really like growing up in San Francisco, you always got to see like these really super low budget PSAs in the, oh, yeah. in the middle of the night or like really awful cheap Chinese commercials for like Chinese restaurants and stuff oh, shot on video. Oh, I wish I could see that. <laughs> That sounds so fucking entertaining. So it's always like, it's basically, it's always like, it'll show the exterior of the restaurant. It'll show the interior. It'll do pans across like all this really sort of unappetizing, badly lit food, all these really awkward people like sitting and eating. And then it'll always zoom out from across the street and show the restaurant with cars zooming by in the foreground and the the owners (laughs) will come out to the sidewalk and really like awkwardly wave at the camera. (laughs) (laughs) 
I like put... how you can see the video board. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And it's like these bleeding like video titles over it. Yeah, I'll, I'll post some on Instagram. They're fun. Oh, that is fantastic. I I remember a lot of the local ones. I, the best, like kind of what you explained, the best part of local commercials from the 80s and 90s is the fact they were dealing with very low budgets, very, you know, people that were just kind of just figuring out what they were doing. A lot of times they're doing their own voice work. They're not hiring voice actors to take care of this stuff. It's a lot of times the owner. And it just makes for a fantastic watching experience. It is just beautiful to view that. I love that shit. So, yes, I've done that a bunch of times. And, uh, yeah, there's there's I saw an 80s commercial where it was on um, on uh, tampons and not you would have never I guess because it was the 80s. You would have never thought it was about tampons. They never showed the product. They show the box and that's it. They have some words about it, but you're like, what the fuck are they selling? And they just show like women playing tennis and running like, around ah. and like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause it was a sporty one. It was like, oh, you can still like play volleyball and not like bleed all over the court. <laughs> right? and you don't have like some giant pad flopping around. And... Yeah. You don't, yeah. Got, you don't got a pamper. Yeah. So it was so weird, but that, I think it was a little more hush hush back then. They weren't so obvious. Now, now you'll watch a tampon commercial. They show the motherfucker going in and spreading. <laughs> it's, like, it's got some spring loaded. I remember when I was obsessed with try, <clears throat> trying any sort of trial that they would show on a commercial. Like if they said that Kraft mayonnaise was smoother than best foods, no. I would, would want to buy them both and try them. And I remember that they had the 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 panty shields uh, with dry weave where they would show like where they dump um, – you know, colored liquid on it and it soaks up all the liquid. And I was like, oh, I want to yes. buy those at try. But my mom's like, no. <laughs> I love the fact that you were motivated <laughs> to really test the transparency of these claims. Oh yeah. Because you know, there was a show, I think it was like consumer reports or something had a show where they oh, would, love they, consumer reports. Yeah. Where they would test that out. And so I, I wanted to test it out too, but I like my mom didn't want it. And I was like, what are you talking about? You can have them after I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> like they won't go to waste. <laughs> I really, I really always have an obsession with like product stuff like that, like product claims and stuff. And that's why I may have been one of the youngest. I don't I don't uh, subscribe anymore, but I used to subscribe to the physical magazine of Consumer Reports in my mid twenties. Oh yeah, you <laughs> where they'd have like the little like the mood the 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 circles. Yes, yeah, all the little circles, yeah, rating yeah. everything. Mm -hmm. I'd re I I knew more about washers than I ever needed to know, and I didn't even own one. <laughs> I, was, I had a friend, like friends, would call me and be like, "Hey, uh, so I'm looking at a washer dryer. Could you help me out?" I'm like, "Yeah, let me bring out the consumer reports." <laughs> and then it was like the internet uh, made you obsolete. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The internet made me. I was I, I was quickly asked Jeeves for my friends. Yeah, they didn't come to me anymore for questions. Yeah, yeah. And, that's kind of uh, like how I feel. I I had a really I had a really great sense of direction, and and I could find ooh, my way around. Like and now everyone had, Yeah, but now everybody's got GPS, and so it's like you know. Yeah, I'm, but there's something about like when you're when you're in a car because I mean it's still it's still a search function. You still need to look you know in your phone, and yeah, it's way faster than it ever was before we you know when we used to print out map quests and shit but there's just something special when you're on the road with your buddy say me and you're on a road trip and we're we're heading out to to queens to go punch tim yobo in the throat and and like and you just happen to like oh i've been through here i know exactly where i'm going it's cool to have the friend that just sort of knows 
shit, you know, and knows yeah. how, where to go. I think it's fun. Well, uh, I mean, if you're going to Queens from Texas, it's like, okay, head east for 28 hours. <laughs> Maybe stop a couple of times on your way so you don't die. Or you could be like, remember asleep. that lady who drove, I think she was like, she worked for the space program and she wanted to kill some woman who was banging her husband. And That's so she like right. wore diapers and yes. drove there because she was like going to use as her defense. Like, oh, there's no way I could have gotten there that fast because I would have had to stop to pee. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, honestly, um, I don't know if, if for y'all that have ever heard the band Hate Breed, but they were very famous for this song called Perseverance. That is that should be. That is what that song is about. That is perseverance right there. Just throw on the pampers, piss in your pants, and get the <laughs> fuck over to your destination and take care of shit. Right. Now, she didn't end up killing her. You know what? And they ended up making a movie about her with they Natalie did. Portman, but they left out the diapers. Boo. I know. It's like the best part. I know. It's like, oh, okay, so you can pull your fingernails out in Black Swan, but you can't wear diapers in this movie. Like <laughs> Yeah, it was in her contract. I'll do the movie, but you can't make me wear diapers. She's like, I told you, if I wanted Oscar, I would get to, you know, call the shots and not, this is one of the shots I'm calling. I mean, I gotta admit, like, I feel like there's going to be more and more famous actors that refuse to do meme stuff. I think they're just gonna be like, oh, I'll be memed out and I'll be memed for like fucking 20 years. So they don't want to do any embarrassing shit anymore. You know, for like, there's just so many actors that they did some embarrassing thing in some movie from 2003, and now it's all memed out. I, I didn't. Yeah. I just literally realized. I'm sure a lot of them are like, "Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that." And when they're looking at the script or whatever, like, "Yeah, no, I'm not going to wear that diaper and run around naked." And you know, yeah, or like they won't. Like I remember when I was first saw Mulholland Drive, the David Lynch movie on yeah. DVD, and they blurred out some nudity. And I was like, why would they blur out nudity? And it was because it was like David Lynch decided to blur out the nudity because he said, I don't want her ending up on some website. Whoa. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That now that you kind of, you know, back in the old days when you did nudity, like people actually had to sit and watch the movie in order to see the nudity. Yes. Now you can just Google so and so naked. And you can mm-hmm. just see, you can just cut straight to the chase. You know, I kind of miss the old days. Like, remember when you actually had to watch the whole movie to find the sexy part? <laughs> Man, I burned through um, Desperado. Um, it, it was one of the few movies that I that we had here at the house that I just memorized. I I could just hear the of the VCR forwarding, and I just knew, like, I was like, damn. <laughs> Oh, Hayek tits her out. There's a spur going across her asshole. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and then me trying to like jerk off before someone could come home. It was a whole work. It was a whole fucking operation. Is it was it so was the tape all like crumpled up? Like whenever you would rent a movie and there would be the sex scene or the nude scene and the tape would get all crumpled up and you're like, okay, somebody rewound and played this yes. like 27 times. <laughs> I got lucky though. The the DVD fat like the DVDs coming in saved me because then my, my dad just started rebuying them as DVDs. I'm like, oh good, because it was so obvious. I was jerking off to so many of those parts because it was like, <laughs> like <laughs> like goddamn tracking and i'm like sorry dad jeez i was i was such a fucking i was so like naive i just never could understand why the tapes would always get fucked up at the sex scenes (laughs) like like, damn it 
Well, that was when I was a kid. Like when I was young, I'd rent like, you know, City of the Walking Dead. And there's only like one Ooh, scene. There's only one sex scene in it and the tape gets messed up and stuff. And then when I think, I guess, you know, when I went through puberty, I was like, oh, uh. <laughs> I get it now. I remember for some reason thinking as a teenager, like, wait, are guys like coming on it? <laughs> like sticky pages in a magazine. I'm like, yes. <laughs> the actual tape. Yeah, because I, I remember being really confused as to why you couldn't see images on videotape like you could on film. You know, like when people and you know and stuff, and so I yeah, yeah I guess that is kind of weird. yeah. I would have been thinking the same thing. I'd be like, "What the fuck, man!" <laughs> right? It's like pages in like a in like a porn magazine. <laughs> it's all stuck together. And... <laughs> Could you imagine like trying to like hold up film to the to your light bulb, and you're just like trying to, <laughs> to jerk off? You're just trying to go quickly so it looks like motion. Well, I mean, that's like people would steal, you know, there's always stories about, you know, how people would steal um, sex scenes and nude scenes out of movies when they would be working, when they were projectionists, you know. Um, And it's like, well, yeah, but once you got the film, what did you do with it then? Like, did you did you do like what you just said, like put it in front of a, uh, you know, (laughs) flashlight and like... (laughs) Yeah, I guess you would. I mean, yeah, it would be a whole thing. That's a lot of work for what it's worth. Like, I mean, I don't know what they would do with that. But because later on, once the digital age came, then you would just that's when you had the Mr. Skin and all the other, you know, horny sites and they would just light them up and then you could just search for your actress and see all her nude scenes. I I never went on that site, though. That was a real thing, though. Right. Mr. Skin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mr. Skin was a book first. Oh. And it was ca- comprehensive as hell. Like they, he has seen every movie ever. You know who I think the, the idea of that being so comprehensive freaks me out. But yes, uh, you know who used to work for him. You, did you ever? Do you remember Mike, the late Mike McPadden, the no, podcaster? He was a podcaster, no. and he um he used to work for Mister Skin, and he had like he had all these stories about him. But he um yeah he was that and then he was a website and i was like okay the website makes more sense because you're going to want to look at the nudity <laughs> not just read yeah. it the book was like he would just he would just write about it and he'd be like 17 minutes jennifer holmes takes her bathrobe off and shows us her per- perky bosoms and round bottom as she's getting into a bathtub and he would do like these kind of <laughs> florid descriptions of the nudity but they weren't like it wasn't like quite like a woman like a like a Romance like a novel, romance but, novel yeah but it was like a little too it was he didn't want to sound disgusted like you know it wasn't like a nasty man like yeah look at her fucking pussy and this juicy was like, boobs yeah yeah he was like oh juicy you know you, you get to see her delectable bush as she like <laughs> walks into the bedroom or he was something. like rather respectful about it rather <laughs> well-trimmed bush yeah it was a combination of crude and respectful because he was like oh that's like a true grind bin listener you know a little bit of crude and respectful <laughs> Uh, yeah, a little crude and respectful. That that's Mike Wood in a nutshell, right there. Is there any more Cam to, to November coming, or are they Ooh. done? There's got to be, yeah. There's got to be one more. I'm not sure what's coming up though. I haven't I haven't seen his schedule, but I'm sure he's got one coming up. That's gonna keep them going for years. That motherfucker oh, has been God. in so many movies. And I, you know, when I was playing a little devil's advocate for that episode, I actually. I actually did have a decent time watching that movie, but uh, uh, what was it? What was the name of the fucking movie uh, that we did? Uh, 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 Cam, uh, Cam, without warning, Cameron, 
Cameron, yes, Cameron, yeah, without warning, Cameron Mitchell, um, basically doing nothing because a stuntman does all the killings. And oh, he yeah, just walks around. Oh, the toolbox murders, the toolbox murders. Yeah. Thank you. Without warning was a different, one. yeah, yeah, no, it was funny because, um, I, I did watch the toolbox murders with the same idea that I was looking at it and I was like, there's no way in hell that's Cameron Mitchell, he's being shot <laughs> oh. from the neck down and stuff. And he puts a lady on his shoulders, that yeah. guy would crumple, right? Like, right, like a, a soggy cornflake. Yeah, I love no the way. ending of that movie where they're like, this has been based on a true story. She lives eight miles away from here <laughs> as a child now or something. <laughs> yeah, that whole weird lore that they try to add that doesn't even really make the movie any better. I just yeah, I admire the uh, the effort that they put into it. But uh, I like that genre. Yeah. I really love like cheap, shitty L.A like slasher movies like don't answer the phone the toolbox murders like stuff like that like just from that era yeah. like you know every they all take place in like these motel style apartment buildings and they're all really kind of kind of gritty well you know what i like about them is that all the um hygiene films that i grew up watching all the movies for kids that you would watch in the classroom like you know this is how you signal when you're at a stop sign this is how you they were all shot in the san fernando valley in california as were all the disney movies all the live action disney movies like freaky friday and stuff like that so it's kind of weird yeah. to think that this little suburb of hollywood was home to classroom films yep porn horror horror horrible horror like toolbox murders and freaky friday they were all in like the same universe it's kind of the magic of a of being in a major city that just is incredibly eclectic like i think san francisco is definitely one of those is that where you're from yeah, you're i'm from, from that, san francisco that bay area yeah yeah these no are all shit. like down, down by la yeah okay wow okay okay yeah i didn't know that so that is kind of the magic of, of all that. It's like the fact you can film so many different things. You could you could film a Smokey the Bear commercial. <laughs> <laughs> and then like 20 yards away from that Smokey the Bear, there's like a pardo happening in the woods or some shit or some satanic ritual movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that in L.A., there's this cheap um, – there's this cheap, cheap movie studio down there called – I think it's called like the – I want to say the Exploratorium, but it's not called that. But it's something anyway. They shoot porn there. They shoot music videos there. They shoot uh -oh. infomercials there. So when, you, when you're watching it, you're like, you know, you'll go online and look at some porn clip. And you're like, wait a minute. That's the bar <laughs> from the, oh, you know, the Oregon Liquor Control Commission uh, training video for bartenders. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, I love that multifaceted use of a space for different kinds of mediums yeah that's that's good shit that's good shit but i mean that is kind of something to me like when you were talking about we were kind of talking about the grittiness of some of those like kind of the toolbox murders and stuff like that when they were trying to capture that sort of uh chainsaw texas texas chainsaw massacre there you go i'm not a, i'm not uh you know i know words <laughs> this movie doesn't quite have that grittiness and i think it could have used a little bit of that fucking crunch it just doesn't quite have it it doesn't feel at no point at all did i feel tense or scared really the only scene that kind of was like oh that was kind of had a good impact was when uh mac just kind of you see him it's not it's not really a, a a jump scare because you see him coming out uh she she locks him out of his own apartment mm -hmm. and she closes the window because she he's trying to get her 
And he comes, he just easily comes back, back around. We don't get a shot of him outside of the apartment or nothing, but he comes back around and we see him in this, this glass door and he's looking at her and she's like, I don't know where to go. And he just pounds his body. Like he doesn't punch it. He's just like, ah, he fucking full body tackles that door. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Spoiler alert. So Mac is the killer. Mac is the killer. And the reason what happened, what had happened was he and just a bunch of random guys who met at a bar decided to get this hooker, go back to a hotel room, do a bunch of blow and have a bondage gangbang. Yes. And then he decided that it would be fun to smother her with a pillow while they were fucking. And then they dumped her body in the river. And then all the other men that were present at the gangbang are the victims who he ended up killing later because he didn't want them to finger him. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, he gets, yeah, they didn't want to, <laughs> yeah, maybe he did. <laughs> I know, I mean, it was kind of, they were all, they they knew each other intimately, I mean, after all that, so. Exactly, they de- definitely did, and yeah, as soon as uh, Elizabeth's uh, body comes up out of the water, he was worried, oh, one of these three guys are going to, you know, uh, peg it on me, no pun intended, and. <laughs> And so he just starts just trying he just he decides to take them out. But what's so weird is he kind of had it made. He has no connection to these guys whatsoever. They're completely not to say that, you know, he should have. I mean, he should have gotten caught for this murder anyway. But if if you were the killer, if you were Mac, you're a TV personality. You have like this whole you, you have a reputation and people know who you are. None of those guys are connected to you whatsoever. They could have tried to point it to you. You could be like, oh, they just hate it that I, you know, I'm trying to get the killer. Or they hate it yeah. that I do the or news. Or just be like, are you kidding me? You you think I'm going to, like, go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and it was kind of, and then that one guy. So the guy who paid the Puerto Rican to attack Mac basically yes. gave Mac an alibi. Yes. <laughs> like, it's because then fun. Mac could be like, well, I'm not the killer. Look, I was attacked. And it's like. Yeah, I think I think the what you said. So this movie didn't have the the gritty, grimy crunch of a of a city thriller, and I think it wasn't. I feel like he, it was trying to be classy, like we be classy. Like it was it was yeah. the guy had just made like don't answer the phone and don't answer the phone is never on anybody's favorite slasher movie list. Mm-hmm. You know, like you 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 talk to people that are like, oh, I love Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. I love uh, Terror Train. I love The Burning. You never hear anybody go like, oh man, I can't wait to watch Donate. Uh, uh, he knows you're alone. You know, for yeah. like, um, you know, my yearly, my annual, he knows you're alone screening. I, I learn something new every time I watch it. You know, so I think he was trying yeah. to because his movie he made after this called The Supernaturals was. As ostensibly a zombie movie but it was kind of criticized as being like too trying to be too classy and not being like exploitative enough and so i think that was his, his wow. i think that's was the director's mo was that he was like i'm gonna make like really sort of boring like not sleazy movies except i'm just gonna throw in random gangbang murder scenes that like throw in that get it on the video nasty list, <laughs> even though there's like nothing else exploitative in this whole movie that's true that that, that is kind of weird how this movie's tone isn't consistent like if you're gonna go with a sort of softer uh approach and not capture some of the dark darker parts of it or exploitative parts of this subject fine i think with decent writing you could probably get away with it you could probably come out with something pretty decent with so with a good plot some good writing but this movie doesn't really have that great of writing 
So then he's just like, okay, well, we'll throw in some Hershey Kiss nipples and uh, the kill seed and, and, and we'll go with it from there. But it, it, as the viewer, I was like thrown off. I didn't expect that whole scene. I never expected us to see the reenactment of, of all that going on and the guys are putting on leather gloves for no reason and smacking her around. And I'm just like, yeah. what is happening? Because yeah. they were all, apparently she worked at a BDSM bar. Mm-hmm. And so all these guys were there. And so they're all into BDSM and because she was a bartender. And so that they get her and they go and they're so I guess that's what the whole leather stuff is. But they don't look like leather daddies or anything. No. And, you know, I take umbrage at this kind of classic trope that bartenders are sluts um, that, you know, like people always be like in movies like, oh, you know, I couldn't meet anyone at the bar. So I went home with the bartender. I'm a bartender. I you have so much shit to do after work. You don't get out the door until four thirty or five, and you're not gonna fuck some drunk who's been drinking all night when you're like just getting <laughs> off of work. You probably have to go to work the next day. It's probably your Tuesday, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just have to say, yeah, you know, if she really was a bartender, she. Oh, you know, we forgot to mention. That's so, such a good point, Mike. <laughs> there is a connect. So the bartender has a connection to Verna because Verna knew her as a kid. Remember that's. Yes, yeah. yeah. So one of Verna's earliest clairvoyant experiences had to do with with Elizabeth as when she was like a teenager or like a kid or something like that, and she was like lost or something. She had one of those drawing fits. <laughs> I don't want to call it a fit, but like she, <laughs> she had one of those experiences where she started drawing it, and they found her. She was missing or something. Right? Yeah. And so then when she finds out, and so she describes that to the cops, the cops are like, have you always been a psychic? And she's like, no, when I was did this. And then they're like, oh, guess what? The victim's name is Elizabeth. And she's like, oh, she was calling out to me again. So yes. And they never really touch on that later. It's just sort of kind of, they just throw that out there that like Elizabeth and Verna had some sort of weird psychic connection where Elizabeth would repeatedly call on Verna to help solve problems in elizabeth's <laughs> life <laughs> like like i once helped her find her keys in, in 1969 right and i wonder how many other times she helped like she helped her find she they helped find her when she was kidnapped she's being asked by elizabeth's ghost or something presumably to help yeah. find the men who murdered her <laughs> but then what about when elizabeth yeah lost her keys or what about when elizabeth like couldn't make rent and then like versus like did she help her find some money under the couch or whatever <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I I think that would have been kind of fun. And she was like, "Well, you know, I, I don't I don't draw those on huge canvas. I put those on like post-it notes. They're smaller." <laughs> yeah, she has like a little like when you do like when you're goofing around with like a yeah a stack of post-it notes, and you can do like a little animated story. You know, like you draw yeah, yeah. stick figures. Or something. It's under your couch. <laughs> yeah, it is really weird. The rules of how this clairvoyant power works is also sort of loose it's sort of convenient and there's not i guess because our protagonist doesn't also doesn't really know how it works and it kind of ruins it it would have been great if she was an expert at what her powers were then we can learn the rules and it would be easier to follow but it's just sort of like oh i'm just drawing the drawings and not quite sure what anything really is 
Um, and so you're just going to keep finding them dead. <laughs> I guess I'll just be the person that artistically captures these murderous moments, but doesn't really help you with the case. Yeah. And then she can have dreams about it. So the thing is, is that That's Mac, right. Mac's hanging out with her and Mac isn't worried that she's going to finger him or whatever, because yeah. she's only drawing these weird kind of charcoal drawings. But at one point, towards the end like as though the the movie's just kind of like hurry up hurry up um <laughs> yeah this movie really does kind of like hey come on come on <laughs> yeah so she just falls asleep and dreams the entire gangbang murder sequence yes. and when she wakes up somehow mac knows that she must know so he's like all of a sudden it's just like he's after her she's running he's chasing like her this, he just like crushes his glass oh yeah he's he's, he's, he's holding a wine glass and then yeah. he like crushes it in his hand and yeah, because she draws like yeah, because she she's the one who first sort of figures out that like all the victims were in a room together at one point. Yes, because initially she thinks, oh, this is a collage of the killers, and um, this is the guy, this is the next guy that's going to get murdered. But then Mac kind of calls himself out and says, maybe that's the killer. Yeah, <laughs> like what are you doing, Mac? Jeez. Well, you know, it was his own stupid, like, kind of narcissism or whatever that that ruined him because he he couldn't oh, resist right. using it. You know, if we if you killed someone, you're not going to want to talk about it on your podcast. No. <laughs> you know? But but if you were if you were Mac, you'd be like, hey, I'm going to like fuck the mustachio podcast, yo. I'm going to call this, you know, the. uh the uh, Texas, uh, the Chainsaw Texas uh, podcast about that murder that happened next door to me that they haven't solved. <laughs> where the they, death, where the, the only person around was, yeah, the only person who was around was me, um, but I didn't do it. But yeah, so. yeah, it is weird. It's very he's glorifying his own work, kind of. But what's weird is. What ruins it for me is is that Mac is technically he's not a serial killer. He might have some serial killer qualities because he has like this very specific way that he likes to kill these people for no fucking reason. But he's only doing it to get get away with the crime that he committed. He's not I felt like as soon as he took care of the three dudes, he wasn't going to keep killing and he was only going to kill her, um, Verna, because she was she could have possibly drawn him. But her charcoal drawings would have been very difficult to figure out if that was exactly him. There's a lot of guys that look just like the motherfucker that plays uh, Mac. And plus, her having a dream about him killing somebody will never stand There's up. No before. evidence. Yeah, like nobody's gonna buy it. I, yes, yeah. it's so I, stupid. I don't. That's what ruins it for me. Is I don't, but I don't believe in why he's so scared. Like, dude, just live your life, make your stupid morning TV show. Why are you even covering this? Like, have some kittens and babies and right. shit on your. Show. Your weirdly, strangely provocative, sleazy morning show <laughs> where you only talk <laughs> about like doing? rape and murder and like. But then it was weird. He has like some kind of weird death wish. So the cop shows up to save the day, and he and Mac get in a fight. And yes. the cop somehow is able, to, Weeks is able to throw Mac over the edge of the building, and in he's a holding crazy on to it. like a weird acrobatic move. By the oh, way, yeah, he, I, he, I, he <laughs> pretends to be like stumbling around, like losing his balance, and then when Mac lunges at him he gets underneath mac flips him over and like throws him off the roof <laughs> by the way both these guys are apparently they do work out quite a bit because i i'm sorry i could not hold on to so in that i would say mac is probably what at least 150 maybe yeah. more well like, I, dude I, that's tough i think you know guys back in the like you know they they have done studies that say that like you know we have less testosterone 
Like the testosterone <laughs> in like a 26 year old man now is what like a 50 year old man had in like the old days. And I think people just had better grips too. <laughs> oh yeah. These hands are not meant to grip uh, yeah. other than my wiener. Yeah. No, uh, when you, when you, t- when you meet like old, that's, there's a reason why old men always have like Popeye forearms and like yeah. anybody now doesn't, I don't know what it is that we're doing wrong, but. Yeah, no, I think we're, I think, yeah, I think, I think we're slowly just slendering out. We're just, we're just softening up more and more until we're just puddles in the mud. I think we're but, supposed to look like those, you know, aliens, like big head, big eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah eventually we're going to have a big, yeah, it's just going to like slink down, but we're going to have a fat ass. It's just, we're going to have fat ass hips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it is a crazy scene, that, that whole scene. Well, because he chokes out uh, Verna for a little bit, but she only lives because because Weeks catches up. See, I thought they were going to pull like a blowout, like the um, the De Palma movie, and that she was going to die. That Because remember at the end of oh, Blowout, how John Travolta, yeah. like the killer, like um, killer kills Nancy Allen. And, and yeah, so, but no, That's right. Verna didn't die. She wakes up and she's like, oh, thank God. Oh my god! Well, she saw Weeks's fucking gross face and was like, yeah. "He's like, no, it's me." Do you remember? I'm gonna do. A, he does a Woody Allen impression, right? She's like, "Oh my god, it's a Jewy or Alan Alda." <laughs> oh no, it's just Weeks. He does have an Alan Alda thing going on. Yeah, he does complain a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but when he when he's holding on to Mac, Mac is like, "Drop me," or he wants he wants yeah. him to let him go. Yeah, and which is supposed funny. to be such an it's supposed to be the most powerful part of the film. Like the, this yeah. is the climax here. Yeah, well, it's funny because he drops him and they show the dummy like falling, and it's like one of those really annoying like dummies. Like it's like it's it's just so it's like a, it's like somebody threw like a scarecrow on the roof. Yeah, it's like a yoga chick on TikTok right now. She's like eating her own pussy. It's like insane. <laughs> Like it looks insane, but I could not. I have. I laughed out loud. By, like I was like, "Oh shit!" I rewinded it. I saw it like three times in a row. It was so funny. You know what part made me laugh is when the Puerto Rican guy comes in to beat up Weeks, and he's interrupted by the maid, <laughs> and she just walks in the door. And she goes, "Oh, oh, oh no!" Oh. Yeah, I just runs out, and then she's still standing in the doorway. <laughs> <laughs> Why does Puerto Rican guy stop? I would have been like, what is this this old lady gonna do? I like, I would have just killed him really quick and left. I mean, he was supposed to kill him, right? Yes, and leave, and yes. leave the the the. But he was supposed to kill him and leave the the. See, this is one of those movies where you kind of – it's unfortunate that it's so lackluster because it really needs to be watched twice. Yes, and, and they I explain wa- it. The, the lieutenant explains everything in two or three lines, like the plot. Like he explains mm-hmm. everything that happened in two or three lines, and it's thrown away. Yeah. that Oh, that's right because they then they're kind of picking on him, and they're like, oh, I didn't – there's nothing absolute in murder or yes. whatever because they're like – yeah, yes. that guy. That guy. I, it was bugging me where I knew him from, and and well, oh, like, I like in the beginning he kept like biting his nails, like that was his bit. He's yeah, like, well, he's know. in everything. That guy, that old man. He plays a lieutenant really well. I, there's a part where he's wearing like a little fuzzy black hat, and I was like, mm-hmm. why? I don't know, but I like it. I know he looks like a, like an old Russian. <laughs> yeah, he looks like, <laughs> like, like this fucking commie lieutenant over here trying to do his yeah. thing. He was in. Um, I remember he was on. Did you, did you? You're you're too young. You don't remember the TV show Rhoda, right? With Valerie Harper, where she was like 
never watched it, but I know it. Okay, so when so Rhoda was a spinoff from the Mary Tyler Moore show, and then they tried to do like they were like, hey, you know what worked on Mary Tyler Moore? She had this crusty old man boss who she was always butting heads with. Let's give Rhoda a crusty old man boss, and it's the lieutenant <laughs> from the Claremont. You know, it's odd enough. I I recognize Perry King, who plays <laughs> Mac. I I've seen that guy in a bunch of shit because mm. I think he's done a lot of different like TV shit and a couple of movies throughout the 70s and 80s and stuff like that. But I just he's got one of those faces. I'm like, damn, I know that dude. I have he, seen that guy. Well, you're going to see him in the possession of Joel Delaney. No, he's in that movie. too. He's the he's Joel Delaney. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he turns into a Puerto Rican. Yes. Oh, yes. This movie's definitely going to be good. Well, it's actually it's actually kind of it's actually really kind of cool the way they do it because they actually just dub his like they give him a possessed Ooh. voice of an actual Puerto Rican, so it doesn't he doesn't Love it. he's got the accent and everything and yes he's like can, can, you know just yeah. do it on kind but of he stuff. is doing that thing where like I I, sw- I if I, this might be like a, a Mandela effect, but I swear to God there's a scene where he's cutting up an apple with a switchblade and eating it menacingly, <laughs> and I'm like. I know that. And there's like, yeah, there's like some really weird part at the end where like he corners Shirley MacLaine and like these two kids in a beach house and makes them all take off their clothes and dance on the coffee table. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Something Puerto Ricans are very famously known for. (laughs) Yeah. No, the seventies was, that's, that's why that was white flight because they were always getting forced to dance on coffee tables by Puerto Ricans. That's why the suburbs owes its existence to that. Yeah, yeah. So, but but back to like, so yeah. So the dude that the the one of the guys that were involved in the whole the whole masochistic, uh, sadistic, or whatever the fuck, killing of of that sex worker. Yes, he hires the Puerto Rican guy to go ahead and kill Mac because he's like, and to make it look like the handcuff killer did it. So that way Mac wouldn't go and do something to him. So he was because he knew Mac was going to try to kill him, basically. Right. But then so then he sets it up in this really stupid way <sighs> to have it be like the handcuff killer killed him. Why and, do that? Just and kill get, him. Yeah, just kill him. And, and, then, and then it gives him an alibi. So then like Mac is just like sweet. So he shows up the next day on TV and he's like, I was attacked in my home last yes, night. But the killer left these yeah. handcuffs. and. <laughs> It's so stupid. Oh, and they shoot the Puerto Rican guy's dog. They shoot his dog, and he dies. And then his, I think his mom sees him die. Okay, so it's, it's if all he's, very bad. So he's like this, like shirtless punk living in some shitty motel room with like his vicious dog, and he and his dog are eating dinner together. His, look, he, his dog looks pretty cute in the very beginning, like right. when he's feeding him. He looks so he's just nice. eating his eating out of his hand, letting his dog eat out of his hand. Then he gives it back to him. But then suddenly, like his big, like rotund mama shows up with grocery bags yes. like they're living in home or something and she walks in the that's door. true and his name is willie willie yeah because when he gets willie. shot he's like willie and it's like yes. okay so is he like this like punk orphan or is he what why is his like loving that was mother weird I don't know why they even threw that in. You didn't need the the mom to come through. My thing was like, oh, maybe she's dropping off groceries for him, and she's just like, I don't know. Like, I hey, mean, I know you're not doing great. Here's some broccoli. Well, it would have to be because I'm like, I'm sure that they weren't living together in that, mo- no, in that hotel that, room. But the then hotel also, room looked rough. But also, like, if you know, if he's accepting money from 
people to like kill people and stuff and she has to bring him groceries why didn't she just ask him to move back home <laughs> true i don't know it's the I think I honestly I think that that was they just threw her in. The screenwriter was like, "We need to humanize him. We need yes, we need to somehow yeah. make this more devastating." To and this see is this just guy died. Yeah, and it's very t- like I'm I'm one of those assholes that like you know people are getting raped and murdered in this movie and stuff, and I'm like they shot the dog. <laughs> because here's the thing: it can always be argued that a person at some point in their life probably did something to deserve to deserve getting murdered. Even if when they were kids, they were bullies or something, right? You can, you, can, you can argue that. I don't think a dog or a cat has ever done anything to deserve getting killed. No, unless they're just sick. Like, you know, a dog <laughs> oh. that has rabies oh, should well, yeah. be killed. No, that's fine. Or if a dog bites me or something, then it should get killed. But yeah. not if it's just being cute. Yeah, yeah. I think – and honestly, I think that's why Polito felt like it was technically legal to kill Willie because – he technically sicked his dog on him yeah. because he lets the dog loose. He could have just left the dog tied up and the dog would have been safe, mm-hmm. but he lets the dog loose. And then he has become a lethal weapon technically. Cause uh, uh, honestly, um, uh, a pretty badass uh, German shepherd could kill a human. Mm-hmm. And that kind of justified him being able to kill Willie because he, he was trying to kill them. And he was very shaken up about it afterwards. They both seem to be very, yeah. which it is kind of fucked up because it was two, it was two things. He didn't need to die, and two, he had information. It, whether he yeah. was the killer or not, because as far as they were concerned, he could have been the handcuff killer, or he, he had something. He kind of gave him a little bit of information, like oh, someone paid him. Yeah, and so now it's like oh fuck, you know, now we don't, we're not going to be able to get that information because we we killed poor Willie. Well, and it's not like Willie. I mean, the thing is, you know, Willie wouldn't. What Willie did, it wasn't necessarily attempted murder. It could have just been assault. True. Um, I mean, I, I think it's probably still a felony, but I don't think that, you know, it it wasn't like, you know, he he didn't need to stick his dog on them. Like, you know, I'm not going away. I'm not going back to the big house. You're not going to put me in the chair. Like, how much time yes. do you really think he would have done for breaking into somebody's house and punching him in the face? Like, that's just true. Not, yeah. That's why he should have just gone to the precinct. Uh, yeah. But I think, you know, he's scared. He doesn't want to get involved in all that. He's just trying to get away with it. So, but. Yeah, you know, Willie didn't need to die. Honestly, I don't think Willie needed to die. I, I think they just added that because they were like, ah, no one's died in about 20 minutes. We better kill somebody. Pobre Willie. <laughs> really got the shit into the stick, and yep. that's just the way it goes. Um, I, I I was going to – I remember thinking when I saw the mom, I was like, I got to IMDB her. I was like, I know I've seen her in something else, and I just, you know, basically probably playing a maid. Or something, yeah, you know, like probably I, or something. Yes, she, she fits the part great. <laughs> so she's amazing. She, she's she's loud. She screams Willie great. She, I think she punches one of the cops. <laughs> but yeah, but bad. yeah. So Polito got to look very very conflicted, and I, that's I think when the Cohen brothers saw him and said like, "Hey, let's put him in every single movie we're ever going to make from now on." No, he has a charisma about him. <laughs> By the way. I didn't know he was gay. I, yeah, I, I didn't and know he that. was married. He's married to another actor. Y- yes, I did. I just learned that today because I was looking at his uh, IMBD or DB. Where <laughs> IMBD, I always mix yeah. it up. Yeah, I looked it up and it said, "Yeah, I always go to the personal life." Um, you know, it's 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 like I'm like, yeah, 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 career, career. I want to see how many times he got divorced. I want to see how many times. It's interesting you know. to see that sometimes. Yeah. Yes. 
and it said he's gay and he's married to and is he still alive no he's passed yeah but kind of recently right yeah like, kind of recently kinda like 2018 recently. or something mm-hmm yeah, what did he die of leukemia or something or Yeah, I think he I think he did catch cancer. Yeah, and yeah. It, it just took him. Cuz you know, you get it when you're older and it's oof, it's really a fucking roll of the dice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah multiple um, melanoma. Yeah. Oh, is that what he had? Yeah, 65. He wasn't even that old. Mo- mel- mel- is that the melanoma? Skin cancer? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. I wonder oh, that's probably He was uh, married to uh, Daryl Arm bus, brust, arm bruster. Is never... Ar- is Daryl Armbruster still around? Does he make movies? Ooh, I don't know. Two actors being, you know, actors are crazy. Like at least one of them should have been a set decorator or something. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, maybe, but you know, mm-hmm. I think they just were like, oh yeah, Daryl M. Armbruster. Oh, here. Speaking of gay. The black guy who is the police sketch artist in the movie yes. is Ruben Green from the movie Boys in the Band, who like disappeared after Boys in the Band, and everybody has been trying to find him, and William Friedkin's been trying to find him, and he they couldn't track him down, and they could never track him down for any of the documentaries or the Blu-ray, and it's like oh, this big whoa. mystery. And he's on IMDb. He was credited in this movie with the last name without an E on the end. So he in, in Boys in the Band, his last name is Green with an E on the end. In this movie, his last name is Green without an E, and so he has two separate IMDb profiles. And so I was like, oh, look, he had, like, all these other roles. Like, they said he was, like, in the movie Platoon, and he was, like, in all this other stuff. And I'm like, and nobody could figure that out because they just didn't bother to try to, like, look for Ruben Green without an E on the (laughs) end. Oh, I thought it was like the case of like how uh, Sleepaway Camp keeps trying to find the kid that showed his penis um, oh, right. and they could never find him. <laughs> well, I mean, apparently, I guess Reuben Green, I mean, Ruben people Green ass- did a lot more work. Yeah. Well, people assume that Reuben Green is reticent to talk about boys in the band because he's ashamed of, of being in a gay movie or his gay past or whatever. But um, more often than not, people always project stuff like that. And it'll turn out that he's just like, no, I hate William Friedkin or something. Yeah, it could be something. <laughs> It's something like that, or he just doesn't want to deal with any. He's like, once you're done with that, you don't want any spotlight anymore. Yeah, you're it's just... like when you try to. It's like when people try to track track down horror movie actors, and they're like, oh, I'm sure she's like super humiliated and embarrassed about being in this movie. And then when you track her down, she's like, no, that was so much fun. Like people thought that the girl from Sleepaway Camp was going to be before Felissa Rose. She's the biggest ham in the world. She's obsessed with Sleepaway Camp and stuff. Yeah. But before that, everyone's like, oh yeah, she's probably not going to want to talk about it. Well, yeah, she yeah she plays a girl with a peepee. Yeah, so the <laughs> guy like, no, yeah, she had a good time at that on that set. Yeah, the guy who showed his dick at the end of Sleepaway Camp needs to like fucking come out of the closet. He really does. Get your little dick out of here, <laughs> Get your little cold cock out here, and just yeah. let us know who you are, man. So you were you were naked in a movie for a minute. 40 years ago like it was very cold yeah it was very cold you know what he could he could clean up that was a college kid's penis yeah. <laughs> well he was probably a grower not a shower yeah they're yeah. out there right <laughs> he, oh well and so well and also i mean i guess he was playing how, how old is angela supposed to be like 15 like, 14 like yeah, 12, 13. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it, it works. Yeah, I guess it would bum you out, too. I'd be like, yeah. you know what? I think I'm going to stay in the shadows. 
Yeah, but you know, I mean, he could just go to, I mean, if he went to any of those conventions and just had a table, like I'm the naked dude who wore the Angela mask at the end, give me $10 for a, for an autograph. Like he could walk with so much money. Could you imagine just signing for like, like, you know, just screenshots <laughs> of your like 22 year old penis and you're like right. 48 or yeah. 50. Well, something. I mean, and the thing is, is that like she'll forever be known as making that face at the end of the movie. So she constantly has to make that face in every picture. What's he going to do? <laughs> like, is he just going to like stand on a chair and let people pose next to his crotch? <laughs> <laughs> he makes his pee go like. <laughs> Anyway, we're talking about a whole different movie now, but you know, <laughs> as you like to know, I, I do like to do a Im- quick impression of the movies that I cover, and this is a segment I like to call Quick Impressions. <clears throat> quick Impressions. I want no labels on him, like the handcuff killer. 20 minutes later... It's obvious that someone wanted to kill me, and equally obvious that someone is the handcuff killer. So <laughs> that is a quick impression of Detective Cullum mentioning he doesn't want it to be called the handcuff killer, and then somehow Paul McCormick, Paul Mac McCormick mentions it as the handcuff killer <laughs> in his show. So he kind of named himself, which is interesting. You don't see that too much. Well, and also it I was thinking like for a movie set in New York, it seems oddly provincial. Like I'm not saying that New York <laughs> New York at this time was really yeah. jaded. Like I'm sure that a handcuff killer would get on the news or whatever. Oh, yeah. But I don't think it would be the talk of the town. Like No, especially with just three murders of uh yeah. white straight dudes. Three murders of white straight dudes and one ethnic woman like they're not yeah. going to you know and they're just like and you know, uh, yeah. I, and it just seems just like I was, you know, last night she was attacked by the the handcuff killer tried to run her over and if i was the audience i'd be like well wait a minute if he's driving a car and trying to run her over why is he still the handcuff killer how'd you know it was the handcuff killer (laughs) that's true that that whole scene of her getting run trying to you know where she's dodging a car very well by the way because she's in high heels and it's the first time she's wearing (laughs) the car goes goes around the block and then attacks her from the other side Although those big giant ass late seventies, early eighties uh sedans could really do some damage. Those motherfuckers were just pure titanium, I think. But she somehow dodges that. But yeah, like that was weird. That was not his MO. I, it threw me for a loop. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Why is she getting and she does have like a she does draw that at some point where it's like two headlights and Oh, that's right. And she goes, I feel like I'm going to see this coming at me. <laughs> yes, this is something coming at me. And Weeks is like, I don't know. I just, just want to have Weeks is like, uh, yeah, like, are we going to get to first base or what? <laughs> like, it's so the boob. Yeah, and it's like him and him and him and Mac are just like, so who's going to get to the, wi- who's going <laughs> to fuck the victim first? Like, this pretty lady, like, we need to get involved with her. And it's like, it does feel do like a job. <laughs> this could have just been a porno. Like this really could have just if you just went all the way with the sleeves and it's just like some clairvoyant that is you're trying to get her involved in a crime. It's like a private eye type situation. Uh you know, neo noir and it's just a porno. Right. That's really all it could have been. But instead, instead they of drawing instead of drawing the stuff, she's like acting it out or something. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. She she gets an orgasm every time she's <laughs> about to finish one of the drawings. <laughs> 
It's insane. But anyway, as you know, Mike, I do like to rate these movies by mustaches. And uh, here are the categories. You have the full Fu Manchu recommendation for Hell Yeah. The Walrus Mustache recommendation, which there are a lot of those in these in this movie. For, eh, not bad. The Horseshoe Mustache for, eh, it's okay. And the dreaded Hitler mustache for burn this movie in hell. I never want to see it again. And Mike, you are welcome to find a mustache in between there. If you want to be creative or work with one of the original OG categories, what would you give this film? I think it's all, I think it's a slight step up from the horseshoe mustache. Okay. Um, okay. It's, it's okay. Tweener. Yeah. It's okay. But I also think that there's some, I, I enjoyed watching it. I wasn't, you know, like, like everybody always says, like the worst thing a movie can do is be barring. And it wasn't boring. It wasn't as stylish as it wasn't that stylish. It wasn't that thrilling. It was kind of stupid. Like watching these dumb dudes try to bone this frumpy looking like middle-aged 27 year old was like kind of lame, especially since they were being entirely unprofessional and isn't like, aren't they, you know, there's a killer running around, like just focus on that. But, um, but I thought it was like, it was, it was, you know, it, it was pretty it was like it had the same production values as he knows you're alone so it wasn't like crusty you know grimy low budget but it obviously was you know like you like you said they didn't have permits um to go out <laughs> on the street but but yeah so i think um so what was the one that was once one up from the uh handlebar oh uh well oh the walrus Okay, it's between a handlebar and a walrus. It's not a walrus. Okay. Um, a walrus is like a really good movie. A handlebar is like kind of like a kind of a boring movie. I think it's going to be. Sometimes I go by tiers. So you're talking, you know, top top tier horseshoe, not yeah. quite a walrus, kind of in that vein of. I think it was kind of like Polito's mustache. Yeah, it's very Polito's mustache. He doesn't have a full pull like push broom mustache but it's it's also definitely not a horseshoe it's it's clean it's it's good enough it's not i i would prefer yeah. i i prefer like i mean it was no sam elliott no he's got a very he, he could have played a great gomez adams to yeah. be honest polito would have been a fantastic gomez yeah, yeah. um but yeah i, I i'm a hundred percent with you i i give this uh sort of a low tier kind of a low tier walrus but not even that it's somewhere in between yeah it's a total polito um it's it, it's right in the middle it, it it's kind of like we were talking at the beginning of this episode where it doesn't i'm not going to remember a lot about this like <laughs> a month from now you can ask me hey you remember that movie clairvoyant also called the killing hour that premiered in france on theaters but was direct to video <laughs> in, in the u.s like no i don't i don't remember much and i i might remember some scenes here and there because there are some scenes that stick with you there it's not like it was badly shot it was actually decently shot the script could have used a little extra but the actors are decent. There's pretty good actors. I think um, Vera's uh, Verna, whatever her name, Verna, isn't great. But honestly, a lot of movies have been carried by protagonists that aren't great. It just doesn't have that extra fucking gusto that yeah. you would want to see in a movie like this. That that little bit of something extra. It's a little predictable, and it just didn't. When we got to the end, I just didn't feel that fucking feeling of like. Oh, that was a nice watch. It was all worth waiting for this conclusion. That's not how I felt. No, in fact, it, it, the conclusion with the fight on the roof and him falling off the roof reminded me of that movie Hospital Massacre with Barbie Benton. And I thought, oh, you know what? I need I need to watch Hospital Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's on the on the 
on the blood bank. I gotta look <laughs> in to see if that's there because I've never seen that movie. Oh, it's it's fun. It's um, a massacre. Yeah, so it's it's a slasher movie, and it's made by Canon Films and Boaz oh, Davidson wow. made it. Who did all those like Israeli sex comedies, and then they kind of brought him here to do this movie, Hospital Massacre, where Barbie Benton goes to the hospital to get a checkup and. Well, first of all, when Barbie Benton was a kid, some guy named Harry tried to give her a Valentine and she laughed at him and pointed at him. So he went crazy and decided that he's going to kill her. <laughs> so he grows up and tracks her down to this hospital where she's getting a physical and he switches her physical results with somebody who has a highly contagious disease. So they quarantine her in the hospital. Oh, God. And they won't let her go. And like, and it's really kind of David Lynchy because everyone in the hospital is super weird and suspicious and red herring like and like all the patients are like really like suspicious and bizarre. And um, she's like locked in this strange, dark hospital and there's a killer chasing her around. And at the end, they fall. Uh, he falls off the roof and it's like just like the end of the clairvoyant, but more fun. I yeah, this seems like something that would be right up my alley, especially if you if if it feels a little like everyone's kind of fucking weird throughout the movie. That's right up my alley. Oh yeah, there's she, there's if there's this weird scene where they stick her in a room with three like old ladies who live in the hospital, and one of them is a man in drag. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this other scene where he's like, the doctor's like, well, you know, as is protocol, they don't say what disease she supposedly has because I don't think they want to date the movie or or whatever, so they just keep alluding to it. And he's like, you know, as is protocol with somebody who has a, con a condition like yours, it will be necessary for me to give you a full nude exam right now. And so Barbie <laughs> Benton just gets naked. And all he does is just put like a stethoscope on her chest and like has her breathe in and breathe out. And like it's basically, you know, she was a play a playboy like yeah sample, like for numerous times for years and years and she was like hugh hefner's girlfriend so this was the whole reason why she's they made this movie basically <laughs> well you sold me mike i gotta tell you i'm putting the pillow on my lap right now as we speak she's... this is the third episode in a row where i made the pillow joke but i can't help it it's right here it's a prop well you you'll have to watch though because I, I i've talked to some dudes who say that they think that barbie benton's breasts look rather weird in that movie I love weird boobs. I'm like a big fan of like. Um... <laughs> you like weird boobs? You'll love this one then. Yeah, I like I, <laughs> banana boobs. Like if you got, if you know, if they look cross-eyed, I'm cool with that. Uh, you don't feel weird, ladies. If you if you look at your boobs in the mirror and you feel like ah, they're not synchronized. They just don't look symmetrical. Then you'll have a friend. In, you'll have a friend in Daniel. <laughs> you got a friend in me. <laughs> Well, yeah. see, now now then, like, then that whole brings up the whole question, like, are you just fetishizing weird boobs? Because they'll be like, well, what about my personality? And you're like, oh, you know, what, <laughs> they get their boobs fixed or something, and suddenly you lose all interest in them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like that they're making, like, equal eye contact with me. I, I, I need one to look like a Hershey's Kiss and the other one look like a Reese's Pieces <laughs> Buttercup. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Mike, do you have anything to plug? What do you got going on, man? What do you want the listeners to know about? Do you have anything? Any? Have you been on any episodes, guest spots, or anything like that? I'm going to be on the Manic Mon Manic Movie Monday or Manic Monday Movie Podcast, talking about Color of Night. Heard uh, of them? They're good. The uh, the Bruce Willis thriller that was directed by Richard Rush, who did Freebie and the Bean and um, The Stuntman, and then waited 15 years and made like a weird movie where Bruce Willis shows his dick. So we talk about that. Whoa. I've never <laughs> seen his dick. 
it, it's so underwhelming. It's like they were they sold the movie as you can see Bruce Willis's dick, and then it's like you see from the neck down he's facing away from the camera and you see like the head of a floppy flaccid dick in a swimming pool for like two seconds and it might not even be his it could be like oh, uh, isn't i thought it was going to be like something like um well, it looks like the way he looks right now is just his head yes <laughs> kind of looks I, like a dick well see i thought it was going to be like richard gear in american gigolo where it's like the camera's just obsessed with his dick and i'm like oh this will be groundbreaking no. oh yeah that'd be crazy yeah so i have nothing to plug i'm i'm right now i'm really um underwhelming guest because i am not i'm not working on any creative projects i'm not really doing any writing that's fine hey hey we all need time to uh to you gotta you gotta let things you know kind of simmer things have been simmering since 2013 (laughs) hey there's not a timeline on anything baby there's not a timeline on greatness I guess I'm, I'm hoping I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm like Terrence Malick. Like my last movie was in 2013. Maybe I'll do another one in 2023. Oh, I'll take a bit part. I'll like play like a, <laughs> you know what? I would actually be a really good news anchor type person. If, if that's in the, in the script. Oh, I see, you'll get, you'll get typecast. Like how like news anchors, would always want to be actors and then they'd always get cast in movies playing themselves. Like whenever like a movie would shoot locally, like they'd have, Oh yes. <laughs> or you could be like, um, that like DJ, did you see Halloween ends? I did see. <laughs> I remember like that DJ, like DJ that, that gets his entire jaw ripped off. Yeah. You could be like that. Like actually I would have played that part pretty well. Oh, is this mine's like a reggaeton going to the yeah, that actually would be kind of fun. I would, I definitely would want to get killed if that's a part of the film. That would be exciting. Oh God, yeah. That would well, be the exciting. thing is, you would have to because in order, if in order for you to be in the movie and live, that would mean that I would have to write this really fleshed out part. No, no need for that. Yeah, this is just like yeah, when I, like me being yeah. lazy, I'm like, I, I'm like, yeah, my favorite like horror template is like Friday the Thirteenth Five. I'm like, just bring them in. Give them a quick backstory, yeah. have them act like crazy assholes, and then get their heads chopped off. <laughs> like, it's a good formula, man. It, it works. It, it absolutely works. Well, as you all know, you can find the, the Mustachio Podcastio on Instagram at Mustachio Podcastio. And you can find us on Twitter at mpodcastio. Uh, there's a link there. You can join the Discord. You can give me movie suggestions and all that good stuff. I want to thank all of y'all for continuing to listen to this podcast. I don't know why you do it, but I'm glad you do it. It's it's enjoyable, and I really appreciate it. And, Mike, thank you so much, dude. I can't wait to have you back on, and I really mean it. I'm going to make sure I have you back on as soon as possible. I say that to a lot of guests, but I actually mean it to you. Well, well, okay, that's great. And I'm trying to think of a way that we can get Joel Delaney on the show. I don't know of anybody in the mu- who has a mustache except for maybe the maid. We so. can. We have not done a female stash, so it could be our first one. I mean, I gotta admit, you know, whew, us Latinos, we carry. We. It depends. If you have a lot of native in you, you you tend to not have as much hair. But it kind of it's a mixed bag because some of us can be quite the hairy folk. So you well, never that, know. That, that it's it, right? Like the bigger the mustache, the more Spanish you are. Yeah, it's true. I know. Yeah. That's why. That's how I know I have way too much Spanish in me because I I am far too hairy. Um, I, it's not working out. And you know what I hate about my armpit hair? It's not even like tight. 
it, it, if I just let it grow, it just goes long. It looks like a fucking. It looks like vines. Yeah, but if you went south of the border, you could you could trade on that. You'd be classist as fuck. You'd be like, see how fucking white I am. See how Spanish I am. <laughs> Clean my house. <laughs> yeah, just just show my long pubes. <laughs> just show my ball hair that goes down to my knees. Mm-hmm. Oh my That'll god! That'll get you on a telenovela, like you know they they like they they don't want to actually hire like like Indian people to be on them. So, yeah, yeah, I would have to be the help. I could be one of the homeowners in one of those uh, telenovelas. Yeah, that would be quite a that'd be kind of a good time. I just have to become way better in Spanish because my Spanish is complete hard. <laughs> Garbage. Well, you could but, just be like on a narco and just be like one of the bad guys in the background or something. Oh, like, yeah. Just make faces. Basically, you just Brunts. show up. You have to show up and like shoot up a wedding. That happens on all of them. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be able to make the really good when you're shooting a gun face. Like, <laughs> right. You really got to be able to capture that. Not everyone can do it. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a talent. But yeah. Uh, yeah, you have to make sure you do it right, though, because they will replay it in slow motion. Yes, and you will get like they will deconstruct your gun shooting face. <laughs> you didn't quite capture the character if you notice. You just see he, he flinches too much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for sticking around, y'all. Hope you had a great time. Um, you don't gotta watch this movie if you don't want to, but feel free to if you want to. It's on Tubi for free, free streaming. I love me some Tubi. They're not paying for this <laughs> for this push, by the way, but. Tubi is fantastic. Uh, it's it's been able to show me a lot of mustaches. I've seen a lot of movies with mustaches in, on Tubi because they've just. I think they kind of own every '80s movie right now, and it's a good place to go. So check out it. Check it out on Tubi if you want to. If not, don't worry about it. You don't have to. Anyway, until uh, next time. Bye. Say bye, Mike. Bye. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was very sweet. <laughs> Bye.